0: True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network.
1: Hey there, True Multifamily listeners, Justin here. Want to make sure you know about our website, truemultifamily.show, where you can stay all up to date, not only on this podcast, but all of our investment opportunities and other projects we have going on. Sign up for our newsletter at truemultifamily.show. See you there. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of Asset Manager, that's a person who has the responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. I'm your host, Justin Fraser. Here today, my friend, John Fortes with the Fortes Company. John, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, I am
0: excited to be here, Justin. Pleasure. And I'm grateful. But real quick before we start, anybody listening to this podcast, please go rate and review the show. Rate and review True Multifamily. Well-deserved, man. Appreciate you. Thank Thank you.
1: Wow. Never had a guest come on and do that. And I'm assuming it is because you are a podcast host. And I love interviewing podcast hosts, man, because you, you get it. Your mic, your audio sounds great. You're perfectly positioned in your frame. If anyone is watching this on YouTube, you can see John's vision board. He's got some knickknacks, all the good stuff. He knows exactly how to frame himself. Expert marketer, podcaster. Uh, John, before we start then, I've got to do the same. Tell everyone about your podcast and why they should be listening to you.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I host the Passive Investor Show, where we explain exactly what the process is like for investors that work with firms like Justin's or firms like mine. So when I bring on a guest, we don't talk about the real estate aspect. We talk about what the experience is like for passive investors, because a firm had to eventually go from using their own capital to scaling into using other people's capital into syndications or funds. So we want to document those kind of conversations because I felt like there was a need out there for people to understand what does that process look like as a private investor? So that's how we, uh, that's how we uh, we spin the show or awesome. talk about it.
1: Well, listen, listeners, the true multifamily, I think would get a lot out of that show because if we're all operators or want to be operators, you have to hear it from the other side. You have to understand the mindset of the investor to move forward because that's that's how we get our money to do our deals is, is our passive investor so and
0: i, know, it. I, I, I get our it it's really similar to what you do uh it's similar to what you do with the, the operating side of it right we talk about on your show what we do after we close a deal right and it only makes you better and it prunes you and improves your audience on what to expect when a deal is closed so i love absolutely. this show
1: absolutely absolutely well thank you so much for the kind words let's jump right in guys check out that show the passive investor show leave John some ratings and reviews for sure. But listen, they're here. They want to hear about you, John. Uh, give us a bit of your backstory. And then I know you've got a really juicy 62 unit deal to tell us all about, but tell us you know, a, a little bit about the beginning, summarize how how you got into real estate and, and got to what, doing what you're doing now.
0: Awesome. What jumped me into uh, real estate was I became a basketball referee. When I became a basketball referee, I needed my time and availability to go and work as an independent contractor for high school, college, uh basketball games. So I needed cash flow, I needed something to offset some, some W 2 as I make that transition to try to become a full-time basketball referee. So stock market really didn't provide that because if I was investing with my 401k, I can't touch it to a certain age. What do I do? I'm not at an age where I can start withdrawing. So I started looking into real estate. Every All signs, everything, every every time pointed back to real estate. So real estate was the key identifier for me for cash flow to help offset some W-2. Now, we started with one single family. And then after that, literally when we had that in contract, I started reading articles and coming across all these podcasts that said eventually you you scale into multifamily. So I wanted to shortcut that from waiting till I got 10 personal loans to be able to go and do that. So I dove in immediately. I purchased some education. I'm all about online courses. If it's something about marketing or something that could help me, I will purchase the course for a 100 bucks or so and learn about it because someone's already taken the shortcut aspect of it and then put it out there for 100 bucks. So I, I like to take courses, learn about things. And, and that's what I did. And then shortly after that, I partnered on a 62 unit, which was my first asset. We had a lot of mistakes and trials that we personally encountered, but after that, uh, we purchased, we we syndicated that first deal. So we learned a lot of those first lessons and brought it into the second one. And our second deal was a syndicated 41 unit, which we ended up exiting on in 18 months, 15 months. I'm sorry, and it was it was great for our investors. We we proved the concept and we worked, uh, literally. We worked tirelessly for our investors, but we took those mistakes from the from the 62 into the 41, which allowed us to work flawlessly and seamlessly. And since then, I've participated in other other aspects of projects of, of bigger opportunities. So that's how I'm here now. I'm looking for cash flow and sustaining my wealth, which is preserving my capital to be able to use in future deals.
1: Awesome. Wow, so much to unpack there. Let's back up slightly, if you don't mind. Um, first, I love that you have like this passion that is not real estate. You've got this passion for being a ref, and that's what you're still doing, that right? And and you're still you're still refing right now, right?
0: Absolutely. So just to give you an idea, I do a lot of education, so I go to a lot of teaching referee camps as well. You could chalk that up to similar to going to multifamily or real estate conferences. Mm-hmm. So I do both. I go to, if I'm at a conference, um, if I'm not at a conference and with family, I'm at a basketball teaching camp.
1: Got it. Got it. Very cool. Um, And so, so you've got this other passion, you've got to build some passive income, some other income streams. Um, was it just the one house that you had? And then you said, let me learn and go into multifamily. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah.
0: I we just purchased a one single family and I turned to my wife and I said, look, I don't want to do 10 of these. Yeah. I just want to buy multifamily and it made sense. Like it, something just clicked where, you know, having more doors under one roof makes more sense than having one door, one roof. Yep. And it just, you know, it, like it was like a aha moment for us.
1: Yeah. No, I, I have a very similar story. I just had three, I had three single family rentals and then went and did a 41 unit deal. And a lot of people ask me the very same question about, you know, why or how could you do that? Because a lot of the education says, yeah, okay, double your portfolio with every deal or maybe do a two and then a four and then maybe a small multi like six or eight. But uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. Just just jump right in, dive right into the bigger deal. So that's that's awesome. What would you say um, surprised you about doing that first deal, going from a single-family house to a sixty some unit that you think maybe your the course you paid for or the education just did not prepare you for?
0: It's not that it didn't prepare us for it. It's just we didn't expect it. So a lot of investors, when uh, this is how I can tell a new investor from a, a an experienced investor. When a new investor brings a, gets a deal on the contract and they are excited about month-to-month leases, my number one question is, what is your game plan for that? And they haven't really thought it through, so they keep them on month-to-month. To think it through thoroughly, and this is what we did, this is the mistake we did, is we didn't ask enough questions prior to going in about that. Stagger those rents immediately. That's the first thing you do before any project because what happened was, The tenants caught wind of us looking at building one as we emptied building one to look to work on. And they all left. Mm -hmm. So when you're dealing with a mass exodus, because everybody is on a month to month lease. So they can just say, no, I'm not I'm not renewing and I'm out. So that was the biggest mistake
1: right there. How would you get around that next time around? oh definitely
0: stagger them immediately uh, what do you, fact, what do you mean
1: by that take 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 us through how we might look absolutely. at the rent roll and and what we would do
0: so my my plan is if I get a a, a building on the contract where everyone's on month-to-month leases um I, I'm taking the building I want to work on and I'm putting it off to the side and I'm going to the other buildings say three buildings building two and three I am going to put one on 6 month leases and one on 9 month leases. Okay. Or one on 3 month leases and one on 6 month leases. Use the first 3 months to start I would empty out building 1 and start renovating and turning and this is because it was a big project. Now, you don't need to do that essentially, but if you know you're doing light turns, you can stagger accordingly in 9 to a uh, 6 to 10, 12 month leases. And then work them slowly, turn them slowly. The game plan for me is to turn slower, not fast. Uh, and those are the type of assets I'm looking for. So I'm not looking for a C minus asset. And the 62, quite frankly, is a C minus, C to C minus asset. So we needed a lot of work. So that's that's how I would prepare for that business plan going forward.
1: Okay, got it. Well, let's dig in on this one. How, how long have you owned the 62 unit?
0: Two years, two years, okay. two and a half, right? Two and a half. Um, we're currently moving on from it. It's been for us something that we haven't received cash flow. So being able to know that we are not going to take a loss on this. And for me, my number one rule is beating inflation 1% at a time. So if inflation is an average of 2 2% a year, uh, I'm trying to make sure I recoup 2% or more a year to preserve my wealth. And that's just the way I look at it. So, ideally, I'm trying to get 2.5% or more mm-hmm. a year to make sure the deal is preserving my wealth, number one, cash flow, number two. Unfortunately, I did not get any cash flow from this deal, but I did preserve my wealth.
1: Got it. Do you have investors on this project with you?
0: No, and that's, that's something I take pride in because I don't offer anybody investments or investment types that I have not participated in. So what I mean by that is I am multifamily focused only. I am not single storage. I am not uh, ground up development and I am not mobile home parks. Why? Because I haven't personally invested in those first. Now, multifamily I've invested in, I know the type of asset classes. I know which ones I like. I'm a singles and doubles type of investor. I'm not a triple and home run. The 62 unit was business plan wise designed as a double, but it turned into more of a triple and home run instead of us um, keeping it real conservative which we did go in conservative, but it turned into a triple and a home run because of what we didn't know.
1: So what, well, I got to have you dig in on that. Tell me about that. Tell me about what you didn't know and what changed, how it changed the deal.
0: Well, one was the staggered of the rents, right? So Mm -hmm. staggering the leases would have helped us out because it would have offset. It would have really, really helped us, um, not have to do personal capital calls. Mm-hmm. So this was not a syndicated deal. You asked that earlier. I, f- I failed to mention that. this was just my personal capital in a JV venture. So all the partners were strong partners. We capital called on this deal four times. Uh, that means no tenants to pay the additional operating expenses. So we had to do we had to use a ton of capital doing that to sustain it during re- uh, renovations. Um, we had to re- we had to redo the decks because they weren't compliant. So we, once all the tenants left, it made sense for us to do them in on all the buildings. So we exhausted mm-hmm. that capital immediately, to do that, uh, which was fine. We already had that budget in, uh, but we had issues with that because it didn't pass inspection here. But it was minor tweaks. It needed uh it needed support there. Now we we got that addressed. But it's little things like that. Um, Also, another thing that I learned that would have been helpful is, for instance, we got three buildings, we need three roofs. Hire one company to do this on building two. Hire one company to do on building one. Whoever finishes efficiently and uh, provides the best quality of work will win the contract for building three. And that's how we should have done that when we addressed uh, renovating the insides too. It's okay to have competing contractors working because it cuts your timeline for renovations, and that's something we didn't do on the big on the on the original go round in the beginning because you don't know what you don't know.
1: Absolutely, I feel like everyone's first deal like this, you have no idea what you don't know, and, and all the courses and everything you can hear about it, but until you've gone through it, and you paid for those mistakes or or inaction or or slow, um, or just not having enough contractors. You've got to pay for that, unfortunately. Your first time around. And uh sounds like you did. I've done it. And you know, we learn from it and, and adapt our business processes moving forward. Now so, uh, real quick,
0: I don't yeah. think any paid course is really gonna tell you that. It's more access to people that's gonna right. tell you that a that's course true. is gonna tell you basically almost the which is great, the generic how to take down, how to prepare, how to what to look for, but it doesn't tell you about those little, little like dynamics of what goes into a deal, unless you have access to people.
1: Right. People are like, it's like the best practices and tips that actually end up saving you thousands and thousands of dollars or totally changing how you run your business. So yeah, I, I agree. And that's, you know, that's really why we're doing this show so that I can get everyone's tips and tricks and make myself even better. Right. Um, so let's, so, all right. So your occupancy dropped. Do you remember how low it dropped? You said all the tenants left, I'm assuming. Zero. Mean, it, did it really? It went to zero. Yeah, it went so to zero. zero out of 62 units are occupied at this point, meaning you literally have no money coming in. Um, you're left with a, do you have to renovate all the units? Is that the plan for this property?
0: Yeah, we were, we were going to do it on a turn by turn basis. Um, and our original plan was just to, hopefully all the tenants would have stayed on the month to month leases and we renovated building one. But when they saw building one leave, they, in their head, they're like, oh, they're going to do that to us. So we're leaving now. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: part, part of it is on us because we didn't communicate it effectively. So providing communication should have been something that we should have did as well. Yep. And that's something we failed to do. And that was communication to the tenants. So, I mean, I learned a lot. We got hammered and we paid for it buy mm-hmm. capital calls. But at the end of the day, my my next opportunities, my next investments are not that heavy on a value add. They're more singles and doubles, more turning uh, as as they become available, but they're built in leases, longer leases when I'm going in. And if I do come across something that is month to month, we're implementing the correct business strategy going forward. So like I said, we took our lumps, we learned. But God willing, you know, we, we, we didn't lose anything yeah. on this and we, we sustained our wealth.
1: Right. Uh, great. Can we, I want to just dig in a few details um, about how much we were spending per unit on your renovation.
0: Yeah. It was anywhere from like six to 10 per unit. Okay. And so it's it was, heavy. Like that's I a, said, that's a
1: heavy was, renovation for, for, are these two bedrooms units? Yeah.
0: A couple of one bedrooms, okay. uh, a good amount of two bedrooms. And then we have three bedrooms that we, we, we did for last, right? We're okay. doing last and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we took care of the one bedrooms first, whenever we went through and we worked on according to size, built, like get the one unit, one bedrooms done fast, get the two bedrooms done after that. And then we we literally save the three bedrooms to last because it takes longer. Yeah. Even though the three bedrooms are worth more,
1: mm-hmm. we
0: wanted to get the income in the building. And what was the be what be the what would be the most efficient way to go ahead and you know renovate this asset? It was yep. going by from smaller to bigger for us. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about that. I would love to get your take on that. How would you have tackled that, knowing that you have more one bedrooms? that are smaller than the three bedrooms that are probably like two of them in each building. If
1: that, well, maybe three. I, you probably made the right call. The, the factors here are time to renovate and difference in price between the ones and the three. So if it's going to take you an extra week, right. To, to renovate the three bedroom versus the one bedroom. So I can get two one beds done in a week, or I can get one three bedroom done in two weeks. Well, Now I've got to look at my loss. Like what am I losing that extra week that I don't have that unit available? Right. Is my marketing on point? Do I have a line of people waiting to get into that unit? Or am I going to finish it and it's going to sit for three or four weeks anyway? You know, so you've got to factor all those in. But generally, I would say you're probably in super heavy lease up mode. So you probably are trying to get a lot of attention onto the property. So you're probably renting them fairly quickly once they come in. Um, so I would say, yeah, do the ones that are that are quicker because they're going to be cheaper you're going to start to get some money back in the rents then, and then you you build up. But speed is the name of the game when you're renovating units, you know, as as quicker, the quicker you can do them. If you're going to get bogged down with extra challenges on the three bedrooms, I think you made the right call.
0: No, absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing that, man. Um, I, I I'm glad we agree, man, yeah. because, uh, That's what we did. We got the occupancy up slowly, like Mm -hmm. slow.
1: Tell me about that a bit. Do you have a third party management company in place? Are you self-managing? How are you doing this?
0: Third party. Another thing, uh, third party management, to answer that question. Another thing too is we we went through a couple contractors. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Uh, One of them didn't, didn't have the manpower Mm -hmm. to be able to blow through these. Uh, it took us a little bit to identify that. I don't know why, but, you know, now we know how to spot that.
1: Well, a contractor will tell you they can handle everything you throw at them. Yes, yes, yes. They'll yes you up and down until suddenly, you know, things are late and they're not showing up on time, right? Yeah. But, I but mean, they absolutely will tell you that they yeah, can do it, no matter it, what it's it is.
0: even to the point where we we know how to identify or structure even contracts going forward with contractors too. So, I mean, a lot of things... When, when you said you, if you heard of anybody getting slapped with something during a project, we did. We, we couldn't lease up units till the, the decks were inspected. Mm-hmm. Um, units, uh, tenants couldn't, like we couldn't lease up any of the other units that weren't renovated because while we were repairing the decks, that's a clause. You walk, have someone walk out that back door and then take a plunge during renovation. You cannot put up a a, a wall or a board to block off that door because it's a fire hazard. Yeah. So like we had a lot of things going against us, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where you put your head down, you grind, you go and you figure it out instead of running away from the project and, and losing capital. So that's something that we took pride in.
1: That's great. Yeah, I mean, Sometimes that's all you can do is is make that plan. And the thing is in multifamily, it, everything takes time. Like it takes time for the problem sometimes to reveal itself to you, no matter how many questions you try to ask you, like, sometimes the data just isn't there until you have a few months and then you can make corrective action. And then it takes a few months to, to improve. So I always say like, if if we switch a management company, it's like, I know I'm in trouble for the next six months because I got three months of unwinding and three months of building back up, you know, with the new company. And there's always a challenge. So multifamily, that's that's just one thing is like, it is hard to be nimble that way. Um, but to go back to the the lease up side of things, did you, were you running specials? Once you sort of resolve your code issues and your deck issues, how do you go from zero back to 62 units? How do you, do you have to discount this heavily? How are you marketing? Just tell me about that process.
0: Well, there was good interest in the area. The area was strong to rent. Okay. It, it's, it, that was the plus. We didn't have to run any discounts or offer good. concessions. Uh, we actually networked with a local hospital that had travel nurses that rented out one of the rooms, fully furnished, at a premium. Okay. That was huge. Uh, we, we did a bunch of Craigslist ads, Facebook ads, and our our Google page uh, for the apartment page that was, we created a new one and and obviously we redesigned it and rebranded the company too. So that's why we were able to do all that new, new Google pages and stuff. And we had some good review and traction there where the leads were, the leads were, there was no shortage of leads. Mm -hmm. It was just a shortage of getting the units turned in time to, to supply that.
1: Got it got it so did you have um, just the one contractor you said you went through a few did you have multiples on at the same time how how do you manage all of this work that's happening at the property
0: originally one contractor uh, then we ended after a year we eventually moved on from them because you know the writing was on the wall it's not turning fast enough mm-hmm. um, capital calls to capital calls really make you focus on yeah, what's going on? Too. And where you're so spending? Yeah, when you got to bring more money to the deal, you're gonna look at why. You don't want to hear, "All right, we need to bring, you know, an additional hundred thousand to the deal." Okay, tell me why.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: now they have to tell you why, or the partners. Um, so if you're gonna go through a capital call, you want to know why. Uh, we always want to make sure where the capital is going to what's the bottleneck? And how do we get that throughput? So how do we relieve that bottleneck going forward? So that's what I focus on. And, you know, I mean, man, it, I, right now I'm excited about my next deal to invest my personal <laughs> capital
1: in. That's, sure. that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: and I know exactly what I want and what do I, what do I, what I want to avoid. Yeah. And yeah. Singles and doubles.
1: Well, man, it's been so great for you to just sort of break that down. Um, So now you're two years in, you've, you already said you're looking to exit this deal. Tell us um, where you're at now with occupancy and and just how the property is looking.
0: Yeah, we're, we're a little over 50% occupancy. It's been, uh, we're in the middle of transitioning to uh, exiting from this. The, like as much as we want to keep it, we know that we've exhausted our stay in it mm-hmm. because we, we had to do some creative things as well. A lot of people say you can't go bridge to bridge because we've provided value in, and turned over, improved, improved the value of the asset. We were able to go from our original bridge to a new bridge. And now we're going, now we're, we're transitioning to exiting from that bridge. Um Great. We, we exhausted our, what was it? Our two extensions on our original bridge and needed to uh, transition into something. And that's how we got into the new debt bridge, a uh, bridge debt. Um, it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. Bridge debt is expensive, not ideal, but it was the only option we had. And going forward, you know, you're doing things that people say you can't do and, and what's funny is we did it because real estate in itself, man, the value appreciated because of when we we're holding it, not to say if we did anything, nothing to it, it wouldn't. We were doing the right things yeah. and moving forward, even though we had all these trials and tribulations, we still able to make a return on our capital on the exit. Also projected right now until we close. Also, we did improve the value of the asset to be able to transition from bridge to bridge so yeah. that's where we are
1: that's great well wow. so many great lessons learned there and you know I appreciate you coming on and really sharing this because it's not easy to talk about you know where you messed up but it sounds like you've taken so many of the lessons and then applied that to your your next projects and how you're evaluating deals and you, know, you keep saying you're looking for singles and doubles and and what I'm hearing you say when you say that is like you're not looking to to blow, get a deal that's going to blow you out of the water because probably it won't. And if you're if the plan is to come in and be steady and make steady improvements, you know then then the market's going to help. the The fact that you're turning around, rising rents, I mean those these things will all help go into making it a su- successful deal. You don't just have to knock the cover off of it and you know hope for a super great cap rate at the end to to exit, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you're swinging for home runs, you're bound to strike out.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So So. listen, John, this has been average. Yeah, I hear you. I absolutely agree. Um, I want you to, if you can, share with us again how our audience can get in touch with you. And then they're gonna stay tuned because you're gonna give us your true multifamily tip right afterwards. But go ahead, tell us uh tell us how we can get in touch with you.
0: Thank you for having me on again. I appreciate the opportunity, Justin. It's been a pleasure. Uh you can follow you can find me at johnfortez.com, J-O-H-N fortes.com. scom uh, You can follow, you can listen to the Passive Investor Show um, all over social media. The links to the social media is on the website as well. So johnfortes.com. Or if you want my investment tracker that I created because I love thinking from the, the aspect of an investor because that's that's who I am. I created an investment tracker and you can get that at projectedreturns.com. Ooh.
1: Nice domain name. I oh, yeah. Really <laughs> oh, nice.
0: my gosh. I couldn't believe it was available.
1: When I used this <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> so good. Wow. Um, and if you did not hear, a few episodes back, we did a really awesome Mastermind podcast. And John was awesome on that. I loved uh, chatting with him there and our fellow podcast hosts. So if you have not, please Go back and listen to that episode because that was a lot of fun and uh, we've already scheduled the next. So I'm excited to to do it again here with John. Um, Check out his show for sure. Now, John, someone comes up to you and says, John, I want to do what you did. I want to go from one house to a 40, 50, 60 unit property. I want to get into multifamily investing. What is your true multifamily tip for them?
0: Get education, understand your partners that you're going to be investing with, if you are going to invest with, in a joint venture, similar to how I did, uh, that taught me some valuable lessons. I love the guys in our group and there was one bad apple, but you know that's fine. With that said, it taught me how to evaluate sponsors, taught me how to evaluate deals. It taught me how to evaluate partnerships. I don't invest with anybody unless I have a year of relationship building with them. And that's just me personally, because, Justin, when you get in these deals, it's like a marriage. Oh, yeah. Typically no out for five years. You're not liquid. Uh, It's you know, it's an it's an illiquid asset. So we want to make sure we understand who our partners are and how we vet the sponsors. So, yeah, if you're looking to scale into a JV opportunity, which I love JV opportunities, I just need to do it with the right team, right people, because we're going to be breaking bread with each other for the next x amount of years that we're holding
1: absolutely love it excellent excellent advice guys thank you so much for listening if you like this episode please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts john thanks again so much for coming on the show and we'll see you next time
0: thank you for having me God bless.
1: thanks for listening to another episode check out our website at truemultifamily.show and if you have an amazing story to tell share it on our facebook community and you might just be the next guest on the show We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.